Okay, so for today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the projected line combinations for New Jersey Devils. What do I agree with? What do I disagree with? And what are my expectations going into the season? For some of my more avid listeners, you probably already know where I'm going with this. We have a lot to talk about in today's episode, and I'm going to break down an article courtesy of Alex Shavansi of the Hockey Writers. So buckle up, everybody. You're Locked On Devils, your daily podcast on the New Jersey Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, this is Bryce Salvador, and you're Locked On Devils with Trey Matthews. All righty now, what is up, New Jersey? Welcome back to the Locked On Devils podcast here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Kyle Chucky, play-by-play announcer, and also Devils writer for Pucks and Pitchforks, Trey Matthews. I'm still a little under the weather. I still have a little bit of a sinus headache. So I said in the last episode that usually when I get a sinus headache, it usually puts a lot of pressure on my eyeballs. That's why in the previous episode, I was wearing glasses. And like I just said moments ago, still feeling it a little bit. So Glasses are on for the second straight day, and I hope you enjoy it. So in the last episode, I talked about VTech Vanacek. I talked about Mackenzie Blackwood. I talked about the goalie tandem for New Jersey Devils and whether or not it was enough for them to legitimately make some noise this season. Because one of the biggest issues last year for New Jersey Devils was that we were going through so many goalies. We went through like seven goaltenders. One time we had to go to an emergency backup goalie, and it just felt as though that the New Jersey Devils, no matter who we put out there, just seemed like nobody could uh, stop the puck. It didn't seem to matter who we put out there. We tried with Andrew Hammond. That experiment obviously failed. We picked him up at the trade deadline. We tried with Akira Schmidt and also Nico Dawes, two young guys from the Utica Comets organization. They were obviously not ready. Mackenzie Blackwood was hurt. Jonathan Bernier was hurt, and that was just a – Big blow for New Jersey Devils. So it was just uh, a matter of fact as if like what's going to happen at the goaltending position for New Jersey Devils is Mackenzie Blackwood going to be dealt away. Is he done? I said in the last episode, I don't believe Mackenzie Blackwood is done. I just feel as though the Devils have to give him a better opportunity to win games. And I feel as though the defense in front of VTech Vancheck has to be a little bit better because uh, for Vanacek, this is going to be an adjusting period for him. I predict that he's going to get off to a slow start, but once he settles in a little bit more, he'll start to ease into it uh, for the Devils organization. I just feel as though it's going to be a little bit of a culture shock for Vanacek because going from a playoff team to now a more bottom-tier team in the Metro can definitely shake him up just a little bit, but I don't anticipate a huge drop-off from Vitek Vanacek. But instead of just talking about the goalie tandem, why don't we talk about the New Jersey Devils as a whole? Because what's the one thing I've been saying the last couple of weeks about the New Jersey Devils and their overall ro- roster structure? I said, look, despite us missing out on Johnny Goodrow, despite missing out on Kevin Fiala, Alex DeBrinkett, you name it. If you want to put your Slavkovsky on that list, go ahead. Despite missing out on some of our number one options, the New Jersey Devils still had a somewhat respectable and solid offseason because they were able to get key players to try to give them more depth on the offensive side of things and also the defensive side of things. Obviously, the main fix for the Devils this season was the goaltending position, and they were able to fix that relatively quickly uh, during the uh, NHL draft. So ultimately, I just want to focus more on the scoring and also the defense for New Jersey Devils because I feel as though the Devils definitely have gotten better, and I'm not the only one who thinks that. So Alex Chavansi, he's a former colleague of mine. He currently writes for the Hockey Writers. He says that now is the time for the New Jersey Devils to compete, 
in a recent article because he said that the Metro is getting a little bit weaker. So it's another thing that I've been talking about heavily on this show, which is the Metro has three of the oldest teams in the NHL, the Islanders, the Capitals, and the Penguins. Then you got the youngest team in the NHL, the Columbus Blue Jackets. And then uh, you got a team like the Flyers who aren't going to do anything this season, barring some sort of miraculous thing uh, from the hands of God or whatever the case might be. I just don't feel as though the Flyers will be relevant at all this season. I feel as though the only two teams that are locked to go to the playoffs are one, the New York Rangers. I don't anticipate uh, Shashurskin to fall off. I, I don't think he'll have an MVP caliber type of year, but you know, I, I'm not going to focus on what he did in the playoffs. I still feel as though he can have a good season for, for the New York Rangers in between the pipes. So I'm not expecting that huge fall off from Shashurskin. And then for the Carolina Hurricanes, I still think they are a lot to make the playoffs as well, but the Metro has gotten weaker and this is a good opportunity for a New Jersey Devils to pounce because you look at a team like the Capitals and the Penguins, they're very old. And then you look at a team like the Islanders, they didn't do anything this offseason, and they struck out on their number one target. So I feel as though the New Jersey Devils can definitely take advantage of some of these teams like the Flyers and like the Blue Jackets. Uh, at least that's our floor. I feel like our ceiling is getting to a wild card position. So I agree with Alex Shavansi. Now is the time to compete because even though we're not like the Pacific, we're still a relatively weaker division compared to others. So it's not like the Pacific. I feel as though the only two teams that are going to be somewhat relevant for the Pacific are the Calgary Flames and the Edmonton Oilers. And uh, knock on wood, but the Vancouver Canucks, they have a legitimate chance of making it to the playoffs maybe as well because you got teams like the Arizona Coyotes, the San Jose Sharks, the Anaheim Ducks, and the Seattle Kraken. Not really teams that you fear or they're not teams that you circle on the calendar. So I feel as though this is a good opportunity for the Vancouver Canucks to also make some noise out in that division. But digressing a little bit, even though the Metro is not the weakest division in the NHL, I, I feel as though it still has to be one of the more weaker divisions throughout the entire NHL, just not the weakest, if that makes sense. So I feel as though this is a good opportunity for New Jersey Devils to definitely make some noise this season. So one of the topics that Alex Shavanti covered was that the Devils have more scoring depth this season. So Remember when we first signed Dougie Hamilton, because Dougie Hamilton was the top free agent last year in the NHL and the New Jersey Devils were able to ink him for a long term deal. So I feel as though if Dougie Hamilton is able to just rejuvenate what he was able to do during his tenure with the Carolina Hurricanes, I feel as though the New Jersey Devils, they have some more offensive firepower coming from the defensive side of things. And the same could be said for Damon Severson and the same could possibly be said for Ryan Graves, at least from uh, assisting in that regard. So when focusing more on the forwards, obviously our biggest free agent signing was Andre Pilat. Now, he is up there in age, and we did sign him to a five-year deal, and uh, we're going to pay him annually of $6 million. But make no mistake, Andre Pilat is definitely no scrub. Now, his numbers aren't anything impressive, but at the same time, you do got to give respect where respect is earned. He did uh, go to three straight Stanley Cup championships with the Tampa Bay Lightning, won two of them. And last season, he appeared in 77 games. He had 18 goals, 31 assists for a grand total of 49 points and a plus minus of plus 15. And also to take into consideration, we're strictly going to be uh, using Andre Pilat as sort of that glue piece for the Devils. So that way we have more veteran presence and more leadership in that locker room. So I feel as though Andre Pilat, while his numbers are solid, nothing really impressive, nothing to blow you out the water. If you look at his playoffs as well, it just seems like he knows how to step up at the right possible time. He just knows when to be there for the team. So I feel as though Andre Pilat will definitely 
be somewhat of an X factor for the Devils this season. And if the Devils, God forbid, go on another long game losing streak, I could sleep well at night knowing that we have someone like Andre Pilat, someone who's going to step up his game when it matters most. So Andre Pilat is definitely just a big check mark next to the New Jersey Devils in terms of just finding that hole to fill after we gave away Taylor Hall because we just didn't have that leadership. And now when looking at someone like Eric Halla, Eric Halla is way more improved than Pavel Zaka. Now, Pavel Zaka does have more potential than Eric Halla. Don't um, make no mistake in that regards. But at the same time, I'm going to have to disagree with Mark Recchi. At the very present moment, I don't think uh, Pavel Zaka is way better than Eric Halla. Remember, I touched on that in a more recent episode. I would say this in in regards to Mark Recchi. I just think he worded it poorly, and he should have just taken a couple steps back, which is Eric Halla, at the present moment of me doing this episode and this episode going live tomorrow, I said uh, Eric Halla is the better player, but Pavel Zaka possibly has more untapped potential. And if he's able to reach that untapped potential on the Boss Brewers, more power to him. But in this present moment, Eric Halla is by far the better player. So I want everyone to take that consideration. When talking about Halla, according to Alex Chavansi, uh, Hala has averaged 18 goals and 41 points per 82 games over the last three seasons, along with a 1.81 points per hour at five on five. He's more efficient on even strength opportunities than Pavel Zaka and converts on more of the high danger chances he receives. He should provide some stability as the third line center, though he is versatile. And I did say this in a previous episode, he can definitely play the winger position if necessary. So I want everyone to take that into consideration. Now, when looking at the defense for the New Jersey Devils, one of the things that I did say was that Dougie Hamilton, I anticipate for him to have a bounce back here because for Dougie Hamilton, the main issue that we have to focus on was that he was just not healthy halfway through the year. He had to have facial uh, fracture surgery, and no surgery is ever a minor surgery if you're an athlete because he had to change his diet because he couldn't eat as much, and I think he also had to deal with another lower body injury, if I recall correctly. So. The, the overall problem for Doug Hamilton was just that he was injured. And unfortunately, the offseason was the only time that he could fully recover from getting surgery. So my overall thing is I anticipate a big bounce back here for Dougie Hamilton. OK, guys, let's get serious for a moment, because this is a serious message from NHTSA. You're hanging out with some friends and putting back a few drinks. A few becomes too many. And as the evening comes to an end and people start to head out, you think of calling for a ride. Now you live nearby. You can make it home okay. It's no big deal, right? What are the odds you'll get pulled over? And even so, what's the worst that could happen? Your insurance goes up. You lose your license. You lose your job. You total your car. You kill someone. Everyone knows about the risk of driving drunk. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't uh, stop many people from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out there right now looking for impaired drivers on their roads to save lives. So if you think you're okay after a few drinks, think again, play it safe, and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Okay, so one of the things that I haven't done during the course of the offseason is talk about the projected line combinations for New Jersey Devils. So Alex Chavansi was able to provide that on his more recent article. This is courtesy of Jay Fresh Hockey. So the projected line combination, according to Jay Fresh, is Yegor Sharangovich, 
at the left wing position. Jack Hughes at center. Jesper Bratt on the right wing. That's the first line. Then for the second line is Andre Palat, Nico Heischer, and Dawson Mercer. Third line, Thomas Tatar, Eric Halla, Fabian Zetterlin. So Jay Fresh has Fabian Zetterlin making the opening night roster for the New Jersey Devils. Then you got Miles Wood, Jesper Bolquest, Nathan Bastian, and that's how the forwards round out. And then for the defensive pairing, you got Jonas Siegenthaler, Dougie Hamilton, Ryan Graves, and Damon Severson for the second line combination. And for the third and final line combination, you got Brendan Smith and John Marino. Okay, so the projected standings points that Jay Fresh is giving the uh, Devils is 94 as well. And um, if you're watching on YouTube, obviously you already saw that, but just for anyone who's listening on a podcast streaming service. So here's my overall thing for New Jersey Devils. They have improved greatly. And before I talk more about the line combinations, let's talk about the defense and what I want each player to provide. So for Jonas Siegenthaler, uh, he was by far our best defenseman last year. And, uh, and that's no knock to Dougie Hamilton, but Jonas Siegenthaler was consistent and he was able to uh, suppress shots. He was able to block it. He was able to do whatever it took to just try to assert himself uh, on the blue line for the New Jersey Devils. And then for the second line combination for Ryan Graves and Damon Severson, Damon Severson, a bit of a bonehead at times, but I still think he's very valuable. However, I don't think he has much time remaining uh, for him wearing a devil sweater. I predict that Damon Severson will be dealt away sooner rather than later, but that's a talk for a different time period. And then for Brendan Smith and John Marino, I have more expectations for John Marino just because I think he's able to facilitate and make his teammates around him better, but he's not going to give us many goals. And then for Brendan Smith, I feel as though half the times he'll just be a healthy scratch. I just think he's more of a filler type of player, but he could surprise me because I said the same thing about Yoda Siegethaler when we first got him because he didn't really do much on the Washington Capitals, a uh, playoff team. But once he was given an opportunity on a rebuilding team like the New Jersey Devils, he was able to take his game to new heights. So my overall thing is that the defense has certainly gotten better for the New Jersey Devils. And I feel as though each player definitely has something to prove more ways than one. So for Jonas Siegethaler, I want him to compete with Dougie Hamilton for best defenseman on the team. Because if you combine Dougie Hamilton's offensive ability and then Jonas Siegenthaler's defense uh, ability, like strictly defensive-minded uh, capability, then you got a really good tandem right there. However, I will make a hot take a little later on in the episode. And then for Ryan Graves, I want him to do what he was able to do for the Colorado Avalanche, which is be efficient on the defensive side of things. Because I want Ryan Graves to be able to have a high plus minus. I want him to just get more points in regards to assists. I don't need him to score more goals. I just need him to continue to do what he did last season and rack up the points and also the assists. And then for Damon Severson, just play smart. But at the same time, Damon, Damon Severson might be sort of like what Pavel Zaka was, which is nothing more than just a trade pawn. So whatever good season Damon Severson has, I just predict that it's just going to shoot up his draft stock. So that's my overall critique. And then I gave you guys my overall analysis for Brendan Smith and John Marino. So when looking at the line combination, once again, and if you're watching on YouTube, it'll appear on the screen once more. Uh, I just feel as though um, for Jesper Brett and Jack Hughes, I talked about it in an article on Pucks and Pitchforks. I said, you need to split up Jack Hughes and Jesper Brett. And that might be somewhat controversial because obviously Jack Hughes and Jesper Brett last season were our two best offensive players. I just feel as though you don't want to make your first line too top heavy. You need to spread out the scoring just a little bit. And I feel as though if you put Dawson Mercer 
on the same line as Jack Hughes, maybe you could see more production from Dawson Mercer as well. But then again, you know, Jack Hughes does run a pretty fast game. So maybe Dawson Mercer might get fatigued. But then again, Mercer was able to suit up in all 82 games without any issue. But my thing is, like, I have more faith for Jesper Bratt being on the second line with Nico Heischer and working out there compared to Dawson Mercer being uh, paired alongside Nico Heischer, if that makes sense. So I feel as though just putting Dawson Mercer on the first line with Jack Hughes and also Yegor Sharon Govich, I feel as though that can pay dividends for the Devils moving forward. So that's my overall thing for the first and second line. I agree. Nico Heischer should be on the second line. And same with Andre Pilat. Andre Pilat deserves to be a top six guy. I don't know why people want Andre Pilat to play on the bottom six. For the Tampa Bay Lightning, a team that went to the Stanley Cup Finals three years in a row, people, he was a top six player. He is not going to play on the bottom six on a team that is uh, on the lower end in the NHL. Just saying. So Andre Pilat will not be a bottom six player. I don't know why people are trying to push for that. That does not make any sense. Okay. Now when looking at Eric Halla, obviously Alex Shavasi was able to provide more insight in regards to what he's able to do on the third line. And the whole reason we got Eric Halla in the first place in my eyes was just that it was to make room for Dawson Mercer to try to move over to a winger position. But at the same time, we don't just put like Jesper Boquist on the third line and we put him on, we put Jesper Boquist on the fourth line and just see where it goes from there. Now, controversial take. I feel as though Fabian Zetterland um, replaced Fabian Zetterland with Alexander Holtz. I'm sorry. Look, Fabian Zetterland had a great end to the season. No answers or buts about it. But I feel as though Alexander Holtz really needs to be given a chance because otherwise we're just going to be wasting his talent and we're never going to get the most out of Alexander Holtz. How is he supposed to provide if we don't give him a sizable role? So that's my overall thing. I feel as though Fabian Zetterlin, he's a very good player. But what if that was just momentum going towards the end of the year? Because someone had to score because pretty much everyone was injured for New Jersey Devils. I feel as though for Alexander Holtz, the season he had in Utica, I think Alexander Holtz deserves a bigger role for New Jersey Devils so that way we could get the most out of him. So that's my overall thing. I feel as though Alexander Holtz should be replaced with Fabian Zetterlin on that third line. And I just want to see Alexander Holtz be given a chance to succeed and take his game to another level. So that's my overall stance in regards to the third line. Now, when looking at the defensive pairings, Jonas Siegenthaler and Dougie Hamilton, you guys know that I was talking good about Siegenthaler and Hamilton because Siegenthaler, defensive-minded, Dougie Hamilton, more of a two-way player. I feel as though you should put Ryan Graves on the first defensive line combination for with Dougie Hamilton, and then you move Jonas Siegenthaler to the second line so that way Siegenthaler can try to make up for Damon Severson's mistakes. That's my overall thing. I feel as though just balance it out just a little bit more. So for Ryan Graves, you get more, you still get more of a defensive-minded defenseman, but at the same time, you know Ryan Graves can still provide for his teammates. So I feel as though Ryan Graves uh, should be on the top line with Dougie Hamilton in when we're talking about uh, the defense. So that's my overall thing. I feel as though, I, I just feel as though Jonas Siegenthaler is just better suited on the second line with uh, with Damon Severson. So. Let me know what you guys think in regards to the line combinations. Obviously, this was projected by Jay Fresh, but I feel as though it's 
almost there, but just needs a little bit of tweaking. I just don't see Jesper Bratt and Jack Hughes playing on the same line once again. I feel as though you need to spread it out just a little bit more. Don't put all of your top guns on the same line. Spread it out a little bit more. That's the whole reason we got like people like Eric Halla. That's why we got players like uh, Andre Pilat. That's why we got young up-and-coming guys like Alexander Holtz or Fabian Zerlin, whatever the case might be. That's why we got them in the first place, so that way we could spread out our offense just a little bit more. So that's my overall thing when looking at the New Jersey Devils and the overall line combination. So let me know what you guys think about the line combination. Let me know what you think about the New Jersey Devils going into this year. Here's your, your thoughts, so leave a comment down below. If you're watching on YouTube, if you're listening on a podcast streaming service, make sure to follow me on Twitter and hit me up on there at TreyMatt4 or the show's Twitter page at LockedOnDevils. As for today's episode, that's all the time I have for you, so continue to stay safe. Have a wonderful day, New Jersey. Go Devils. And by the way, two episodes away from 500 episodes. I can't wait, and I got a big guest coming in. So... Continue to stay safe once again and have a wonderful day, New Jersey. I am signing out for real this time.